love for you. I never realized that love just might not be enough. Kennedy's at Lassiter's, hole at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We discuss episodes of the Australian Soap Neighbours. I'm Vaya. I am a TV writer that Neighbours rejected. I'm going to go back to that. It feels right. Can That's I? a bit of a downer though. Come on, like believe in yourself. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I am <laughs> actually at the moment I'm bloody solo parenting because my partner's away on business, away on show business. <laughs> he's the fierce to your, I, I mean, it's a bit harsh calling him fierce because yeah. he, he's not a deadbeat dad, but still no. he's, he's not around to father his kid right now. He's been fathering baby Dr. Carl more over FaceTime than Pierce ever has with Hendrix. And I should introduce Kate Remude on Twitter. Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, you are a little bit worse for wear. I am. I'm actually probably no better than I was last week. But you oh. know what? I'm here. <laughs> because we are in lockdown again. Still. Still. Yeah. Lockdown four. <sighs> and I can't even say electric boogaloo this time. It's like a double electric boogaloo. <laughs> It's like whatever the fourth Fast and Furious movie was called. Oh, four Fast, Four Furious. (laughs) It's, you know what, it's one of those things where you think, oh, we've done this before, it's Mm. fine, we can do it, but you're just like, oh, shit, maybe we're a bit kind of ground down this time. And I could have done it if it was the initial seven days. I was like really, really, uh, what's the word when you're running a race? You're conserving your energy bit by bit. Yeah, and you, like I, I paced pacing yourself. I really paced yeah. myself, and I was ready. And yeah. then I got to day six, and they extended it, and I was like, oh, I've got nothing left. Like I was no. ready oh, for look, the final dash. I reckon by about day three, I thought this isn't just going to be a week long. Oh, but look, it was one of those things. Into the start of lockdown four, I was like, shit, maybe I might do those things. I just never did in lockdowns one, two, and three. <laughs> But I think I just need to resign myself to the fact that my laundry is never going to be tidied up. <laughs> no, I've been living in a, with a floor drobe since baby Dr. Carl was born. Yeah. And that's just how I live now. The funny thing about these lockdowns is that now there's all this analysis of how couples are finding it harder and harder to have patience with each other this time around. Oh, that's why I'm pumped that KB's in Sydney because I'm like, oh, we are going to have a little, little, uh, little breather. Say, absence, absence will make the heart grow fonder. And at one point he was like, are you sure you're going to be okay? Are you sure I can go? And I'm like, yes, you go, hun, you go. <laughs> um, the thing that's different for me for this lockdown is that last year, a significant portion of the lockdown, the Melbourne playgrounds had to be closed. That was the mm. bleakest time because you would walk past and the caution tape would be up around the the swing set and you're like this is sad times and I had a little baby so it didn't make a difference to me but it still felt sad for other people but now the playgrounds are open and I have a little almost toddler who likes to swing and walk around in the park and mm. you know watch other kids play and it's been actually quite joyful every day taking him to a new park mm. so it's my one silver lining yeah I haven't actually felt well enough to take my kids to the park oh. so as per usual they're just missing out in the park but last year you know when Maybe Madge was five. I just said to her, no, they're closed because of the virus. And then, yeah, that was it. She knew it. Wasn't it still sad? 
oh, mate, there's plenty to be sad about. And the, well, yeah. The playground being closed wasn't in my top ten. I think it's just the vis- the visual for me, watching all that stuff taped up. It was just yeah. like it was the symbolism that got but me. But the, the great thing for her was we'd go past and we'd usually see adults using it as exercise equipment and she'd be like, Mama, look at them. Don't they know it's closed because of the virus? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I'm raising a little narc. But all the little tearaways that needed would go stir crazy. Well, look, baby Madge is like a was and is an angel, so yeah. it wasn't really an issue for her. <laughs> but, but young young baby Harold may cause more of an issue about it. But <laughs> so neighbours cancel business. Sweetie, it's just business. It's doom and gloom here in Melbourne. But we are look, I've got my vaccine booked in this week. Things are Yay. looking up. Everything's coming up, Millhouse. We have a, some new people that have joined our Facebook group. Love to see them in the Neighbours Council. It's always a hoot of a time. Speaking of vaccines, I'd just like to point out that Neighbours' Legal Legal Beck also got her jab this week. So congratulations. Yes. We're clocking up those vac stats in yeah. Neighbours HQ. Uh, Rachel joined Facebook and she listens to the pod in the UK when knitting or baking That's very um, OG lockdown vibes. I I love knitting myself, so. And she says she's been stuck at home with health issues in lockdown and the podcast has been great to listen to. Hope you're doing better soon, Rachel. Oh, and Gillian, who joined Patreon last ep, she's Gillian with a soft G. Just thought I'd come in and correct that. Yeah. See, when I was listening to the pod last week, I was going to say, it's Gillian. It's only kind of Aussie weirdos who say Gillian. Like Gillian Blakeney twin. Oh, was that Gail and Gillian? Yeah. Queensland. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking of <laughs> mum's cousin from Queensland who is Gillian. Yeah, there you, there go. you go. Bang. It's a Queensland affliction. Yeah. Now, let's hop in. And Patreon is up to date with trimmings. And the trimming we're going to save for Patreon this week, it's a juicy one. It's going to be the entirety of Kate's plant rant. Yeah. A very special Kate's plant rant to do with Herbert the Fern. At Maidenhair Fern. Oh, yes. Well, let's. Well, why don't we just kick off proceedings? So she's doing business with you. Okay, the week commencing the 31st of May into June. And, okay, there's a few things we need to hit on. We've got some endings and we've got some returns that we should get to. We, I think we need to begin where last pod left off, which was Bees Just Not That Into You. Thank you, Kate, yeah. for the episode title. Even though within the episode... I promised CJ the episode title, but then you sent me your voice memo and I preferred, <laughs> I stole your joke for the title. <laughs> Sorry, CJ. But this time we're going again. Well, this week we're, we're, we're reading from a different book and it's V's, just not that into you. Mm, yeah. Sorry, Ned. <laughs> Finally, V. Jesus, you were like the most ill-suited couple in Ramsey Street. Well, no, actually, B and Levi, but we sorted that problem out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they, they had at least a week of being the, the street's worst yeah. couple. And I think, like, Ned wants to be friends really quickly, and I think they, they're they great mates. Like, that's mates is good for them. Wouldn't you feel like saying, we broke up so we didn't have to spend time with each other? Yeah. And, and now we're having to spend time? No, let's just, let's have a break for a few nights at least. Which is what V says to him. where He mm. comes around and he's like, oh, let's let's be friends. She's like. Not right now, mate. Just give it yeah. give it a bit of time. So let's back it up. Um, the reason they break up is <laughs> they want to move in together, firstly. And he doesn't Ned, have a job. I'm sorry, this is not a good idea. 
Like, wait until you've got an income, mate. He's living his best life over at um, Paul and Tarages. Mm. He ain't paying no bills. He's not cooking food. Uh, he prints out, again, using their printer ink, prints out rental listings in colour. Come on. Rude. You can add people on the real estate app. Like you can share your list, your search with a person. Here's, here's like an even you know less sophisticated way to do it. You can send people yes. links to properties yes. via, you know, text. <laughs> so he's using the, the printer ink. Yashvi's sifting through the listings and finds his leather-bound notebook. First of all, don't pry into someone's personal notebook. I don't care if it's your partner. But I guess she was like, oh, well, I bought this for him to do art yeah, things yeah. in. We'll see how it's, it's going. Flips it open and there's the sketch of Sheila Canning II. Oh, but is it really a sketch of her? Because I, I never recognise her from that sketch. It's not flattering. It's not the ode that it was painted out to be. No. It looked like a first draft. It's, it's not surrounded by, like, little squiggly hearts or anything like that. <laughs> NW plus SC forever. No, not that SC, the other SC. <laughs> And Yashvi's like, you know what, you're still hung up on this. We keep fighting. We keep making up. I'm over it. Let's just call it a day. You are a drag, Ned Willis. Drag Willis. Yeah. And so she's moping around all week. I enjoyed her moping around all week because it didn't. she didn't just bounce back the next day. She was in her mood and she was like, and at one point, she just kept saying, I don't have the headspace for this. I'm like, correct, good attitude. Doesn't she have some friends from her? you know, footy days or some colleagues that she could hang out with. She has Mackenzie and she has Levi. Yeah. And she actually, she has Harlow. So she goes to find Mackenzie for coffee to tell her, but Mackenzie's talking to Harlow and she's like, well, I'll just tell both of you we've broken up or we're about to break up. I'm having problems with Ned. And Harlow's like, I'm sorry, I've got to go talk to someone. Oh, that was outrageous. To Ned. And then mouths off about all of Yashvi's issues. I'm like, honey. Where's your sisterhood, love? That was not okay. He's like, this is why you've got no real friends, Harlow, because that is, like, that's mean doing that. Yeah. And now now you're just a prison wife with no mates. Johnny, no mates. Oh, my God. Have I been on the pod since Brent joined the army? Look, I've got no memory of anything anymore. Hit, Hit me up with your take, hot take. It's, I just, that's ridiculous. And also when I was about that age, I knew a really, really rich guy who decided to join the Defence Forces and he failed out of um, initial training because it was, they were really mean and it was a really rigid experience doing that. And I, I thought, you know what, I feel like Brent's going to join the army like after on, on this whim of, oh my God, it's going to keep me out of prison before realising, holy crap, I'm actually in another type of prison right here. And this is a bit too tough and mean for me. He kept cracking the shits when Nicolette was telling him to pick up his towels. How's he going to deal with this? He's he's not going to get through training and he'll be back in, well, actual prison now. So <laughs> so we need to hop into the marquee storyline of the week. Mm. What a little thrill for you, Kate. Who was back to pay us a little visit? Oh, fierce. Fake Pierce. And because, like, when, when I saw a preview of, like, Pierce is back and I'm like, Bleh. but then I was like, oh, hang on, it's fierce. It was like <laughs> my ears freaked up and I was like, I'm, I am interested in what's going to go on with this. <laughs> and it was nice, actually, to get some scenes with him and Chloe 
reconnecting about what initially attracted them to each other and then good times they shared because we didn't get to have that with Don Harney. No. They literally photoshopped him into the the photos of their wedding (laughs) that he wasn't at. You know, I've said it before, but I wish he'd been um, Pierce from the very start. I love dopey OG Pierce. (laughs) Shaggy dog Pierce. Wet muffin, as Nicolette calls him. I liked my wet muffin. (laughs) He had his place. Look, he raised some very salient points about Chloe and Nicolette's relationship, about how they'd rushed into it too early and how Chloe's big regret with him was that it was basically a rebound thing because she was still in love with Ellie. You got together with her right after your mother died. That rings bells for me. Remember when we were ending things and you said you regretted rushing into our marriage? That was because you're still grieving the loss of the relationship with Ellie. Things are different with Nicolette. But you're doing exactly the same thing. Yeah, he he's basically sliced through that whole scenario and said what everyone's been thinking, but they're all family members, so they haven't felt comfortable saying it. Yeah. They're all just sort of like, oh, are you sure? And also, like um, Aaron and David have a conflict of interest as mm. well. They don't want to do anything that's going to piss off Nicolette. So they're not going to say, Chloe, this is like there's red flags all over this. <laughs> but there's, yeah, there is. And same with um Annie because, uh, Annie, uh, Jane, because Nick is holding her mum hostage, basically saying, you have to support whatever I do or I'm cutting you out of my life. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I find Nicolette a really refreshing character. Oh, I am obsessed with her. I'm obsessed with her. She's got the best set of crazy eyes this side of Manny <laughs> Alice. Oh, and she must be having a great time playing that. But, yeah, yeah, she is beyond out of control but fascinating because she's kind yeah. of got this, she's got this Machiavellian streak where yeah. she's sort of, she wants to pull all the strings and have all of her ducks in a row just right. And if one of them is out of line, it completely sets her into a tailspin. And it's it's so much fun to watch her unravel. Like, yeah, the business of like, you know how she's pissed off Clive, as we discussed in the um, trimmings. Mm. Um but to, to what end, really? It was like what she did with Des. She broke up that relationship for Jane. Mm. Yeah, so now her mum's sad and when she needs her mum's support, her mum's like, well, actually, I need your support too So because you stuffed up my relationship. Um, I, I was Paul in this scenario where Paul was sitting back with the popcorn, like Fierce is coming to town, he's going to um, clash with Nick and I'm going to be here enjoying the show. That's what I was too because it's yeah. quite um, – It's even though like she's a main cast member and we're on her side, you still want to see her get her comeuppance because she's, she's a so-and-so. Yeah. And you know the funny thing is when they announced that we were getting – and I don't want to spoiler alert people here, but Leo. When, he, when they mentioned Leo's coming back oh, – He's been all over the Instagram having parties with the cast. I was like – I was so excited because like, yes, him and Chloe back together. Then I'm like – oh, hang on, she's in a relationship, isn't she? Because, yeah, I just, I guess it it just doesn't feel authentic, their relationship. Like it feels very one-sided on Nicolette's side. And obviously they've got the major horn for each other, but which makes me go, wow, that, she's experiencing a very different pregnancy to me. <laughs> but um, Well, especially she's experiencing, my my first and second trimesters were not about that, but my by the third I was, like, interested. But, but mm. Um, not that interested, but just like, you know, intrigued. <laughs> but I, Chloe is very personable. So yes. she's very, 
she's would be a great partner because she just she's up for some fun. She yeah. goes along with whatever's going on. She's supportive. But Nicolette has just like essentially from day dot, as Pierce put it, sunk her claws in and just would not let go of her prey. <laughs> yeah, and she drives people away. Like that mm. that feels like a classic kind of domestic abuser thing as yeah. well. Like drive off friends. There's some great chats on Twitter, actually, some great threads from people debating Nicolette's kind of character traits and trying to basically diagnose her, like, is she a sociopath? You know, what is it about her? And it's just, it's complex. Like, what yeah. caused this? You know, she was forced to back go back into the closet by her mum to not upset her gran. And But I feel that this is the sort of, the sort of personality she is, I don't think, would have been formed in her early 20s with her grandma it would have been some sort of childhood trauma surely like what happened with her parents like super keen to hear from her dad yeah and I god I was really relishing in the look in her eye when Pierce started to like kind of twist the knife and just you know we'll hear from his accusations you just can't stand the fact that my relationship with Chloe is deeper and more honest than yours ever was Yeah, and you're jealous. And just imagine how scared and vulnerable Chloe was when her mother died. She was in no state to start a relationship. So you'll never admit this out loud, but you know deep down you're only in a relationship with her because of how scared and fragile she was at the time. But just feeling her kind of become unstuck was just really fun. I was really eating that up. Um, And then, oh, then she goes to have a go at Aaron. So Piers hits up Aaron and Aaron, because... He just, he has no control over his mouth, spews forth the information that Nick was the one that placed the necklace for Chloe to find to discover the affair. And Pierce just has a field day with that information. And then Nick finds out that Aaron spilled the beans and she goes over and rips him a new one. I thought that was quite valid. Like he's, he's, you know, who knows how fierce was going to react to this. Mm. I think at the very least Aaron should have given her a heads up that he spilled the beans because, you know, he could have ended up being quite violent. And it's not um, information on the public record. He's like, oh, everyone already knew. I'm like, yeah, but it's gossip, Aaron. It's, it's, it's water cooler yeah. chat. It's, this is not legal information about your divorce or anything that you need to be privy to. This is just yeah. town gossip. So the um, crucial element of this Pierce return is he's reaching out to Hendrix, his son, who's uh, bunking in at the Kennedys. Hendrix uh, doesn't have much time for him, really. Like he he blows him off to go and have a driving lesson with Carl, which feels yeah, like as he's, he's walking up the street. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, a tweet from Mayor of the Neighbours Council, Olivia Sharp, who is Puff's Pride with an underscore, was really um, bothered by the fact that they the characters kept harping on him to mend their relationship with his father. It's like, but he's your father, but he's your father. It's like, well, actually, if you have a toxic person in your life, it doesn't matter what their relationship is to you. You're within your rights to cut them out. Also, like, Pierce has had a past history of neglecting Hendrix anyway. Hmm. So what's the information we find out about the financial situation? Because initially, uh, as Pierce left, Chloe's like, you've got to cut him off because he'll never learn. Which was bullshit, wasn't it? Like that has always felt like a really rough deal for Hendrix because, you know, he's the son of a rich guy. He's led a really privileged life and then suddenly you're going to make him destitute. 
He's not going to know one end of a bloody can of beans from another. <laughs> yeah, except that he is quite probably quite good, quite good with beans because he's a culinary mm-hmm. master. Yeah, but like we're talking about a guy who's more, you know, more used to like bloody truffles than baked beans. So it's funny that they were like all or nothing with the money. It's like cut him off completely. It's like why don't you just give him an allowance? And like there was never kids. There was never really any justification for cutting him off anyway. Yeah, go from an open-ended credit card to nothing. Yeah, give him like bloody – and because he's, he's not going to qualify for like Oz study or anything like that, whatever it's no. called these days, because he's got like a bloody dad that's richer than God. <laughs> so what does he find out from the Kennedys? Oh, that he's been paying board for him. Yeah, Pierce has, yeah. Yeah. And Hendrix is offended by that. He's like, he's just throwing money at the problem. And then he's offended – Again, when he finds out that Pierce is in town to settle up his winery sale. Yeah, because he's going to invest the money some. in something better. I'm guessing like <laughs> cryptocurrency or something like that. <laughs> Pierce was casting a fair bit of shade at Paul as well, saying, well, I see uh, Powell Rose up for sale and, uh, you know, like the uh, the gallery and that. Mm. Yeah, they were having their little digs at each other, but I thought Paul way overstepped the mark by essentially – outing him to his son saying oh you're just here to sell your winery it's like you knew that would upset this young man yeah but he's never been a massive fan of Hendrix anyway so it's it's a two birds with one stone I'm really enjoying how that's going to play out because also oh so the also because yeah it's just nice to see Don Don Hanny's face to be honest (laughs) um there's an amazing moment where Pierce pulls Chloe aside and says says hey I'm worried about this relationship you're in it seems problematic and you seem to be being manipulated and I hope that you're okay. She's like, whatever, and he lays it all out on the line for her and then she goes home and now she's just really introspective about her relationship and she's second-guessing everything Chloe, uh, Nicolette is saying. And Yeah, dump her, dump her, Chloe, go on. Isn't it interesting uh, Nick's body language whenever Pierce was in the scene? Like she would go and place a possessive hand on Chloe yeah, put her arm through her and – She's mine now. Yeah, and Chloe has to point out to multiple people that she's not a possession because Paul has the amazing line. No. Pierce's wife, Pierce's house, Pierce's mistress's business. You tend to like other people's things, don't you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know you did not just refer to me as someone's thing. (laughs) Chloe's like, hello, I'm not someone's thing and has to say it a few times and then Nick just runs around putting her hand on her to remind everybody. You know, it's funny when you see that, you know, the two of them together and, and Nicolette's so much shorter than Chloe yeah. and you think, my God, Chloe must be absolutely Amazonian. <laughs> um, She's shorter than me. Chloe is? Yes. I'm 173 centimetres. She's 172. Oh my God. Well, what's Nicolette there? She's a pixie. Okay, well, we'll leave them aside because there's another problematic relationship we should touch on and that is the boss-employee relationship between Amy and... And Roxy. Why? Look, this pisses me off, man. We loved Amy first time she was here. She was sassy. She was mm. fun. She was a callback to the ye olde days. And now she's, she's just a raging bitch. What a bitch. I don't, I mean, CJ, I'm sorry. We've used, I'm sorry. We don't use, we've reclaimed the word. It's, we're tired. <laughs> it's been a long lockdown. All right, stop. We're stop apologizing. They are. We're allowed to say it. It's just, you know, again, well, I don't like women calling other women bitches. But when okay, so like what would you bitch, call that behaviour? 
But also I use it for men too. So Paul acted like a little bitch earlier when he spilled the beans to Hendrix. Yeah, but that, that's like a different like definition of bitch that, you know, that's the whinging bitch. That's the saddest bitch. Well, actually, it's not quite the saddest bitch. No. This is just a raging asshole, really. Yeah. So even worse than, not worse, my reaction to it was worse. So aside from the um, Amy as manager um, and just putting all this pressure on Roxy to do all her own, all, all the duties that make Amy look good, she then needs somewhere to live because her Lassiter's discount ran out and essentially says to Tony, will I live with you now? Okay. And he, and he says, I need to check with my niece and her friend because they live with me and my kids. He probably would, should have had a word with Nellie and Hugo. I mean, it was con- he's so worried about introducing Melanie to his children as his girlfriend mm. and yet he's going to have like a housemate who actually lives with them move in without even meeting her. I was so outraged when Amy walked in when he was mid-sentence to Yashvi asking what she thought. And she's like, hi, guys, I'm here. Drops her suitcases in. What do you reckon? And he's oh, like, oh, it's my dad's ex-route. Great. Yeah. That is not housemate etiquette. You don't. You've got to wait for all parties to sign yeah. off. I do like that she's calling it the house of blouses, though. That's I, That was a nice touch. Yeah. Because I like the idea that Tony just doesn't get a say. He's like, okay, I've got a boot. I'm in the blouse. All right. Yeah. I mean, well, he does wear a fine blouse with his Hawaiian shirt. Let's break down the bedrooms one more time. We should just get an inventory going. Yeah. Get out your mental mental whiteboard here. Talk talk me through it, Kate. So we're going to have to assume that Toadie has the main bedroom. Um, Also, we're saying that Yashvi and Mackenzie have their own bedrooms. Separate, yeah. Then he told Amy oh, you know you're going to be in Puffy's old bedroom. Okay, so that's four bedrooms so far. Mm. Where are the kids? Well, I'm guessing Nellie and Hugo are sharing the fifth bedroom. Maybe like Mackenzie's sleeping in like the built-in porch or something. I used to think that Yashvi and Mackenzie shared because I thought that when Kersha moved, Mackenzie took her bed, like in a bunk bed situation. But they're grown women. If your parents moved out, and you're sharing a bedroom with some other woman, wouldn't you just go, you know what, I'm going to move into mum and yeah. dad's old room? It's really weird. Like, Puffy must have knocked a wall out when he made the back patio. It's another one of these like accordion houses of Randy yeah. Street. Clancy's kennel. <laughs> it's become an Airbnb. Um, I just found that extremely rude. And now how, what about your take on um, her treatment of Roxy? I know you've been in some toxic work situations. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible bullying. And the the bit that really pissed me off actually was when good old mate Ned is like free pouring drinks at the bar and they're all horrified about how much he's chucking in. One, wasn't he a barman at the waterhole for a while? I've blocked that out, but I'm still laughing at how long that free pour went. We could have gone to an ad break and come back. That's how long he was pouring that, that vodka or whatever it was. And, and But how is Roxy meant to be responsible for him knowing how much to pour, isn't that why you do an RSA? And also, if they're that bloody paranoid about free pours at the bar, get one of those um, regulating valves to go in the bottles where they can only pour out a shot at a time, oh, like, like a it. standard measurement. I like it. For Amy to go and tear Roxy a new ass for that. <laughs> oh. And the fact that she's now gathering evidence to have Roxy sacked. 
well, how about sacking Ned because he's clearly incompetent? And I, I can't believe that um, Tarage and Paul would make such a big deal about their half-wheat lodger pouring too big a drink. Uh, what And interesting character we met, and I didn't catch his name, but he's the HR manager at Lassiter's. We were just saying last ep how Lassiter's needed one, and here he is. We, he materialised. What cracked me up was how he kind of rebuffed to rage because that, you know, in all the like places I've worked at that have an HR department, they're actually just little lackeys to the the bosses anyway. Mm. They'd be like, oh, to rage, well, this is, yeah, Amy's having a go about Roxy. They, they wouldn't have been. Uh, anyway. Yeah, he was a hard ass. They that need to keep him around. Very unrealistic. <laughs> um, but good at his job. So. Kind of. Like, because I, I think he's he's facilitating bullying against Roxy. Oh yeah, true. It's really cruel. Yeah, it's making me despise Amy. You can't bluff your way out of this one. You are done, ladies. No, you know what? I actually felt sorry for her. Guilty for taking the job that you wanted. What? Taking the job that I would have smashed instead of crashed like you have. You will never make it, Roxy. Never. You are actually deluded, Amy. I've lost count of the times I've saved your butt. Okay, let's... You are going to look so stupid. You are going to look so unimportant. Hey, enough. Oh, yeah, and let's think. Why did they have to bring back, like, a really cool, fun character and turn her into a... As I said before, turn her into a bitch. And the fact that she started up a WhatsApp group for the housemates and just oh. pinging them every five seconds, gals, mute, just put the thread on mute, that's all you got to do. WhatsApp, what a ball breaker. I hate <laughs> that compared to, to Messenger. Messenger's oh. got so many more capabilities. I am overwhelmed with the amount of platforms I have to keep track of. If I could delete WhatsApp in the next five minutes, I would do it. But th- there's also, so there's WhatsApp, there's Messenger, there's Instagram Messenger, there's text, there's Twitter DMs. There's email. I'm overwhelmed. That's all I've got to say. Um, props to Roxy for actually saying, I don't appreciate your tone to her boss. Like, this is yeah. a little bit inappropriate. At least she tried to stick up for herself. Um, I'm going to roll straight into Shitizen and Citizen, and I have been itching to give Shitizen of the Week to Amy. No, yeah, to Amy. You are harassing and bullying your subordinate instead of nurturing her as you promised to as her mentor and owning your own mistakes. You are a terrible manager. Do not be one. I don't understand how she was ever going to be a mentor anyway. Like what has she done with her life aside from being a flight attendant? Like how is this relevant to managing a bar? Well, we don't know. Roxy's owned a bar. We don't know how high she rose in the flight attendant ranks. Oh, possibly about 40,000 feet. <laughs> but there's, look, there's big gaps in our knowledge. We don't know what else she did. She's run bars. Like she's worked, well, she worked at the one that burnt, that burnt down, that her daughter set on fire. I don't know. I, I think it was a fairly poor decision to bring her in over Roxy. As Yeah, in that role. I actually think she's going to be a bit um, fluid in her career, kind of like a Naomi type a la brand enthusiasm. Um, what was was that? What was Naomi's company called? Every, oh, events. I can't remember. Events are great. Excellence branding. It's all whatever. She's the same kind of personality. Cash cash for events. <laughs> cash for events. <laughs> the lowest rent event you could ever mm. run. Just a sausage sizzle on a front yard. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to give 
a citizen of the week to fierce <laughs> to laying down some truth bombs yeah. to um, Nicolette and um, yeah, hopefully opening Chloe's eyes a bit more. Also, freeze handsome chops too. <laughs> yeah, interesting to see how long he sticks around for. Well, that's it, Kate. Please rest up. Get yourself on the mend. Oh, I just hope I get better quickly. I'm just, I'm tired of this. It's been going on for weeks. Yeah. Oh, and I'd just like to reassure everyone, I've been having bloody COVID tests up the wazoo. It's not COVID. You're swabbing for England. I I had like an old school swabber yesterday who like went the full brain jab as well. Because like previously it's just been like gentle, you know, nasal caresses. This one was the full going in too deep. How funny is that, that everyone around the world just understands the intimacy of swabbing? Yeah. We can all relate. Oh, which actually, well, this brings me back to something I meant to mention in the business, mm. which is Melbourne specific. They're really scared. We're, we're locked down because it's the, the, the Delta variant is here. And there was a few tweets this week saying, you know, Delta's not happy with this and like with, with pictures of her. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, hang on. The Delta variant, which is formerly the Indian variant, I was like, oh, is that like when Nina Tucker became a Bollywood star? Was that Delta's Indian variant then? Yeah, um, I just had a mental deviation from what you were saying because I suddenly realised, as you mentioned Delta, that we hadn't name-checked an outro song and I had wanted to name-check um, Sometimes Love Just Ain't Enough because that's what Yashvi said to Ned mm-hmm. that, about them calling it quits. Is that, is that one of hers? No. Oh, okay. Um, no, just Delta reminded me of music. Oh, okay. Um, sometimes Love Just Ain't enough is Don Henley. Speaking of Don Harney, Don Henley and Patty Smith. Smith, the other Don H. <laughs> and I also wanted to drop in Natasha Bedingfield's single because now Ned is available. Um. So, oh, no, hang on, no, because we name checked bitch so much. It's got to be bitch by um. Okay. By whoever that one hit wonder Meredith was. Meredith Brooks. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but you can uh, sample the other ones on Spotify. Have a great time. Please stay safe from the Delta Goodrum virus and um, vaccinate ASAP. Check your eligibilities. Kate, take care. CJ, take care. And we'll, uh, you know where to find us. Ain't nobody got time. Uh, come and join us on the Neighbours Council and on Neighbours Pod on Twitter. And we'll chat to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, I'm a child. I'm-